0: Welcome back to the risk report. This is episode number 75. And today, um, we're actually going to touch on this whole Russian invasion of Ukraine. I had one of my sixth grade students. He's been, he's been coming up to me these past couple of days and being like, Mr. Roman, did you hear about Russia? Mr. Roman, what do you think about Russia? And, um, and to be honest, and I was honest with him, I was like, I don't fucking know nothing, bro. You know, (laughs) I haven't looked into it at all. Um, So today I got off of work, um, planned on doing this podcast because I'm kind of checking out a new setup that I have as well, and figured maybe, hey, I'll just look into this and see what the hell is going on, and uh, we could read some articles and kind of go through it together. So apparently um, Russia has stationed um, their troops, several troops all, all around the Ukrainian borders, um they man they've even made trenches and things of of that nature to to eventually invade ukraine and have ukraine become a part part of russia again right back in the day was the Soviet Soviet union and um they've had tensions for the last eight years right eight years ago it was similar but apparently this one seems to be a lot more um a lot more intense. And now things are getting a little ten- a little tension, right? A little tension with um the US and NATO also getting involved. U.S. send whether they're sending military weapons and shit for Ukraine to defend itself, right? Because US has to always fucking be everywhere, right? We always say, hey, If we're not in the war, we gotta at least supply the weaponry, huh? We gotta make some fucking money. <laughs> um And, you know, to to the young sixth grader, man, he's a very bright kid, very, very hardworking, um, smart. He's a good kid. He really is a good kid. Um, And I just kind of told him, man, like, this is what humans do, unfortunately. You know, human beings, we have just conquered the world and conquered each other and taken over and we're constantly at war, right? These people that... Run our governments, run our countries, run our everything. They go to war, right? They they go to war for resources, for for money, to topple governments, for control and power. Unfortunately, this is a a deep seated human thing, right? I, I just recently finished the the Medici show, the Medici show on on Netflix. And it's about this powerful family. If you don't know the family of the Medici, they, they ran Florence, Italy for several generations. Um, a family of bankers, artisans, patrons, some of them even became popes, right? And in the show and through historical evidence and historical documentation and what, what, is, what has been you know, presented to us in history about this specific family, is very mafia style all right very um they were for the people um <clears throat> democratic in a sense right a republic for the for the people but and they and they aided people and gave people jobs but at the same time any any little threat to their hold on power to their hold on them being at the top uh to be able to do these good things that they ended up doing it was, it was met with, with war and deceit and murder and, um, you know, having a certain cunningness to, to you and, in history, the right, the, the, the famous quote is history is always, uh, written by the victor. Excuse me. I'm sipping tea because I got a little itch on my throat. I'm feeling a sore throat coming through and I'm not trying to get sick. So I fucking hit it hard. I hit the, I got the lozenges. I got the vitamin C. I got the tea going on. I'm drinking fucking honey out the bottle. <clears throat> trying to not get a sore throat. Fuck that. I ain't got time for that shit. I need to work, okay? Um so yeah, it's in, it's insane, right? Um obviously, I'm a fucking idiot, all right? I'm just an artist. I'm a, I'm a creative individual. I'm not really trying to get wrapped up into all this stuff that frankly, I have no power to do anything about. Right. So why the fuck am I going to, um, even bother my thoughts with it? But it's, um, it's interesting and it's complex. You never know how the ripples and, and seeing the fear in this child of like war and, um, uh, the, the, the fear of, You know, nuclear Armageddon, you could say, right? He's very fearful of these nukes and bombs and this and that. And if they fuck with the US and the, and I just had to tell him, like, dude, we have been at war since forever. All right. Ever since World War II, we've just constantly been at war with people secretly, not even secretly. Obviously, we know when we invade the Middle East and this and that. Um, But we've, we've constantly had conflicts throughout the world. And, you know, right now we have over 170,000 troops, U.S. troops around the world, over 170,000. I think it was 177 or something like that Um, over the world, right? We have military bases all over the world. We have our guns pointed at every part of this fucking planet near, damn near it, right? And it's like, what is that for? You know, it's like it's like the fucking movie that that spoof movie, uh, Team America. Even though it's fucking ridiculous, right? That's a, the people who made South Park made Team America, ridiculous, right? But you know, in a sense, we we try to be the world's police, you know. <clears throat> and even in this situation, obviously, we have our our tensions with Russia and and and, and the former Soviet Union, and now this is what scares and alarms people is that we might even have higher tensions for supporting the Ukraine, higher tensions for, you know, sending them weapons or sending them some sort of aid and then how Russia would feel about it. And apparently Germany might be, might be doing the same, right? Even though I feel like Germany, just shouldn't even fucking get involved. All right, you guys lost, you guys lost your chance to get involved in any war, right? They're like, they're like politically correct trying to not do nothing. You know, neutral, neutral, right? Because of fucking Hitler. Um, and so some people are fearing this might be World War III. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. That's why we're going to go over some of these. And at the same time, it's like... What are these articles? Where are these articles getting information? I just spent the last forty five minutes watching videos of of different news stations and and reading different news articles on this certain topic. And I'm still pretty much at, I don't know nothing, right? Other than <clears throat> that the tensions are are rising between NATO, the u s, and Russia um, that Russia has built trenches in, and and they're surrounding Ukraine. And they've got a lot of military power and, you know, they're kind of ready, ready to do something. But 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 what? Right. We don't really I don't really know. So let's read this. Um, well, let's start with a positive one. Tensions seem to simmer in Ukraine and Russia border. Um, and this is by CNN. Right. The liars over at CNN, like I said in the last podcast. Um, Pentagon says that Russia buildup has increased in the last 24 hours near Ukraine. The Defense Department said that the buildup of Russian forces near the Ukrainian border has increased in the last 24 hours. Um, So is that simmering? That doesn't sound like it's simmering, right? Simmering, you would think that the heat's starting to go down and you're just kind of letting it just chill, right? Um, We continue to see, including the last 24 hours, more accumulation of credible combat forces arrayed by the Russians in, again, the western part of their country and in Belarus, said Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby. Kirby said the buildup has been not dramatic, but also not sclerotic. What does that mean? New word, huh? Sclerotic. And I don't even know if I'm fucking saying that right. Sclerotic. Um, Sclerotic. Having sclerosis. Becoming rigid or unresponsive. Losing the ability to adapt. So also not sclerotic. So not not losing the ability to be adaptable. So in a sense, it's responsive. They're responsive. Who the fuck wants to, you know bomb a, a country who who wants to you know overtake a country for what dude that just sounds like a headache and a half and it's fucked up all right so that was an hour and 54 minutes ago i i don't know what are these people just writing little posts like give me an actual article because here we go on to the another one 54 minutes ago european commission president tells uh cnn nothing is off the table when it comes to Russian sanctions. So I don't know what's going on here CNN. Now you have your own little poster board. Live updates is what I'm on. And it seems like they have little little posts or some bullshit. Where you can just fucking kind of Twitter it. And, and and write a little article. So this is by Arnaud Siad, Ben Kirby, and Emmett Lyons. <clears throat> European Commission President tells CNN nothing is off of the table when it comes to Russian sanctions. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that nothing is off of the table, in quotes, when it comes to sanctions, including killing the mooted. Nord Stream 2 pipeline and removing Russia from SWIFT, and whatever SWIFT is, what is that? Uh, Open link in a new tab. What are you, Swift? What is Swift? And why it might be the weapon Russia fears the most? Um, all right, we'll get back to that. Whatever Swift is, <clears throat> it's going to bring problems to Russia, supposedly. A high security network that connects thousands of financial institutions around the world should Moscow invade Ukraine. Oh, okay. So... They're threatening to take them out of this security, out of this network that connects thousands of financial institutions around the world. Probably the world's financial institutions that this is how we have a global economy type shit, right? Um, so if they invade Ukraine, then this is what um, probably NATO and the and the UN and, and all these other countries might decide on doing to take them out of this. Um, I want to be very clear. In the quotations, this is what it's saying. Nothing is off of the table. They keep fucking saying it. Von der Leyen told CNN's Christine Anmapur in an exclusive interview when pressed on whether the EU would axe the prospective energy deal. Now we're talking about energy deals. Commission is responsible for designing, shaping, and developing the sanctions the EU Commission presidents told CNN. We are very clear that if there is any further aggression or military aggression of Russia against the Ukraine, there will be massive consequences and severe costs for Russia, she added. Um, Here's another quote from her. You should not forget that the European Union is the biggest trading partner to Russia. Around 40% of the trade in goods is done between Russia and the European Union. The EU is also the biggest foreign investor in Russia. 75% of the foreign direct investment is coming from the European Union. And so these figures tell you that we have a strong leverage and it would be very painful for Russia in the case that they increase this aggression against Ukraine. So then what is the big payout for Russia if they take the Ukraine? You know, what is it? You know, these are just, to me, these fucking articles and shit that I've been reading, it's like, it's not really telling me anything. Does that make sense? Or am I just an idiot? This is not telling me anything. Why Why would, you know, if you're in a business and you say, uh, this guy is my competitor and he's, you know, I'm going to take him over, but 75% of your other investor right an investor that makes 75% of your whatever economy is saying no 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 bro we're going to pull out if you fuck around and do this if you take this company you know what is the end goal in here what what is the what is the benefit that russia would get from taking the ukraine you know um and that's what i'm not finding you know sometimes it's so hard to even believe that's why i don't even fucking care (laughs) i really don't care you know it's like what the hell am i gonna do you know other than talk shit about something there's nothing i can do so I, i i can't even comprehend right why why human beings just constantly go to war and these governments just go to war and take resources and take 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 and what is money anyways right so let's get the fuck out of CNN, man. Let's let's find another one. All right. So cuz CNN you're going to do me like this. You know what I mean? Go fuck yourself. Um Russia pessimistic, NBC, Russia pessimistic after US response to Putin's demands in Ukraine standoff. So let's let's see here. So this is uh, CNBC News. Of course, they got to bring up some fucking pop-up ad because they don't want you to read it unless you pay money. Russia pessimist after U.S. response to Putin's demands in Ukraine standoff. With the ball now back in Kremlin's court, the West was given little immediate sign that Moscow would seek to de-escalate tensions and allay fears of a deadly new conflict. So I guess at this point, does it even matter as to why they're trying to do this? The United States said it had offered a diplomatic path forward in the standoff with Russia over the Ukraine. On Thursday, the Kremlin said it saw little grounds for optimism. With the ball now back in Moscow's court, and the West has given little immediate sign that Russian President Vladimir Putin would seek to de-escalate tensions and allay fears of a new deadly conflict. Russia warned it was pessimistic, but indicated that it would take some time, take its time to study the written responses from the U S and NATO before deciding how to move forward. Kremlin spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov said there were few reasons for optimism after the Western allies made it clear that they would not accede to Russia's key ask, but urged against a rush to conclusions. Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov told reporters there was hope for the start of a serious conversation, but clearly not on the fundamental issue raised by Russia, whose demands amounted to an effort to redraw Europeans' post-Cold War security landscape. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden spoke with the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky Thursday afternoon. After their call, Zelensky tweeted that the two leaders had Zelensky tweeted, right? This is where things are getting done now. Fucking Twitter. Unbelievable. Uh, After their call, Zelensky tweeted that the two leaders had discussed diplomatic efforts on de-escalation and agreed on joint actions for the future, as well as the possibility of financial support to Ukraine. And now, see, this is where America starts getting seedy, right? And this is where that mafia-esque... Uh, shadow reveals itself of the way things are conducted when it comes to large enough organizations, large enough countries and, and governments, right? Um, hey, we're supposed to be having, what? Uh, you know, we're supposed to be allies with everybody in a sense, right? Who are allies with Russia, Russia wants to invade Ukraine. No, no, no. We can't let you do that. So now we start talking to Ukraine. Hey, if Ukraine, if if Russia starts going over to you, just give us a call. We're gonna send you money. We're gonna send you troops. We're gonna invest in you. Fuck them, right? <laughs> right. Um, what are those? What are those deals? And what goes along with financial support when you take it from from another country? right another large country where it makes more logical sense that that you would go for russia because you're right fucking there you know and america that would just be another place where we could put a a puppet leader when things go down and and be closer to russia right cuz like i said earlier we are all over the planet we are stationed Everywhere. Everywhere. So it's fucking interesting. I'll keep it reading. All right. Because again, I don't know nothing. I don't, I don't know shit. I'm just talking out my ass. Um, He also said, he also thanked Biden for the ongoing military assistance. In a briefing Thursday, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby was asked about sending you weaponry to Ukraine. Uh, here's what John Kirby had to say. We are in constant communication with them and their needs and capabilities. In a series of bold security demands last month, the Kremlin urged NATO to deny membership to Ukraine and other ex-Soviet countries and roll back its military deployments in Central and East Europe. They were issued as Moscow mass forces near its uh, neighbor's borders and warned of retaliatory measures should there be no constructive response from the U.S. and its allies. Russia has denied planning any attack. Hey, dude, we're not attacking nobody. We're just literally setting up thousands of fucking troops and making trenches right here. It's no big deal. We're not going to fuck with you. After Washington delivered its written response on Wednesday, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said there there was no change in the Biden administration position that NATO maintains its open-door policy for countries to join the transatlantic alliance. He did not offer specifics about the response, which he said wouldn't be released publicly. NATO also conveyed its written response proposals to Russia. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said late Wednesday, Stoltenberg called on Russia to immediately de-escalate the situation, but said the alliance was prepared to listen to Russia's concerns and engage in a real conversation on European security. Yeah, because what none of these fucking articles are telling us is why they're doing this in the first place. Why are they there in the first place? Why are they trying to do that in the first place? What is our involvement? You know? How can we support one area, and then if they start getting in brief with another place, we start showing support to that place too? No, 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 well, well, right? It's it's a lot of things that we don't understand. They put these things, in, and now I'm sounding conspiracy theorists or whatever, but history shows us that whatever's going on in these meetings, it's more to it. It's not about the people. Right, it's not about these people that are, unfortunately, if something does happen, are going to lose their lives. You know, it's not about the people that that. It's just that's not what it really is about, right? This is about power, control, resources, and money. You know, it's fucking crazy, man. Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev took a softer line as he also weighed in on Thursday, saying Russia and the U.S. must engage in diplomacy to avoid war. Medvedev, a trusted ally of Putin who served as president from 2008 to 2012, told state news agency RIA that it was obvious here that the most important and single route is actually to come to agreement on security guarantees. The fact that Kremlin is not immediately responding with bellicose statements but says it will study the response is already good news. Senior Fellow and Chair of Russian Domestic Politics and Political Institution Program at Carnegie Moscow Center. It will now be up to Putin alone to decide how to respond, Kolneskov told uh, Russia's TV Rain Channel. Everything depends on the mood, rationality, or irrationality of President Vladimir Putin. Uh, I mean, that just sounds like the most evil man on the planet, right? Vladimir. (laughs) Got a goddamn vampire in office. Whether he wants to start a war or not, whether he will want to keep the stakes high or agree to some meaningful dialogue. Russia's holding a series of military drills throughout the territory this week, including exercises in the southern Rostov region, not far from the Ukrainian border. Diplomats from Ukraine, Russia, France, and Germany also agreed to reconvene in two weeks after talks in Paris on Wednesday over the long-standing conflicts in eastern Ukraine, in which Moscow has been supporting pro-Russian separatists. This means that Russia, for the next two weeks, is likely to remain on the diplomatic track. Um, Again, I feel like not much of anything is being said. Right, not much of anything is being said to me, and again, maybe I'm maybe I'm just not a- uh, analyzing this information properly. But to me, it's a whole lot of fuckery, right? It's a lot of fuckery. Let's see what's going on here. Why the fuck does Russia? Why, why does Russia even want to invade? Right, because if this is something that has been happening. For uh, two years, eight years. I'm sorry. Um, What is the fucking deal? What does Russia want with Ukraine? Tensions. Uh, Sorry. What does Russia want with Ukraine? Question mark. Tensions between Putin and NATO explained. Please explain it to me, okay? Uh, Ukraine has been the focus of geopolitical attention in recent weeks as Russian troop buildup along the eastern border and a list of demands from the Kremlin have prompted threats uh, of sanctions by the West and military deployment by NATO allies. Most recently, the U.S. has formally responded to the Kremlin security demands as attempts to defuse the crisis diplomatically continues. So I'm guessing the, excuse me, the Kremlins um, are the, the Russians. Why is Ukraine important to Russia? Ukraine is part of this was part of the Soviet Union before it collapsed at the end of the Cold War in 1991, and it borders Russia to the east. The disintegration of the Soviet Union left Russia with a vastly depleted population, territory, and economy. It also diminished Russia's superpower status. Now, Russian President Vladimir Putin is seeking to reclaim some of that glory and undo some of what Russia lost in the Cold War. He has described Russians and Ukrainians as one people, a single whole. Does Russia want to invade Ukraine? Russia has repeatedly denied having plans to invade, but Moscow has massed 100,000 troops near the Ukrainian border and has been moving tanks, infantry fighting vehicles, rocket launchers, and other military equipment westward from the bases in Russia's far east. In addition, Russia is moving troops and S-400 surface-to-air missile systems into Belarus, uh, which borders Ukraine and NATO, uh, NATO members Poland, Latvia, and Lithuania. Russia also has moved several ships near Ukraine's shore in the Black Sea and the Sea of Azov. They're taking it over, man. Have you guys ever played Risk? If you've ever played a game of Risk... You know, if you're fucking moving all your troops to one area, it's because you're going to go take over that surrounding area, all right? It also has uh, holding naval exercises in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans and the Arabian Sea with Chinese naval forces. On January 25th, Moscow announced new military exercises in the north of Caucasus. In uh, amassing troops near Ukraine, Mr. Putin's goal is to extract concessions from Ukrainian President Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky and force him to give Russia a say in Ukraine's future. That would send a message to other former Soviet states that the West can't guarantee their security. To ratchet up the pressure, Mr. Putin has an array of military options short of a full occupation from low-profile incursions to a limited conflict in the eastern Donbas region, where Russia, Russian-backed separatists have declared themselves independent of Ukraine but aren't recognized by the government in Kyiv. Uh, President Biden said that he expects the Russians will move against Ukraine in some way, although Washington and Moscow have agreed to continue talks on how to defuse the crisis. So to defuse the crisis, man, you, you're gonna you're just gonna talk and you're gonna say, uh, "Join us, <laughs> become part of Russia again, right?" Uh, and this is what we could offer you. Don't we're gonna take you anyways, all right? And start a fucking war on top of that because it's not just gonna be the Ukraine and this guy and, and Russia fighting. Right? It's going to fucking... We're inevitably going to get involved. And when more countries and more of these alliances inevitably get involved, well, then people start picking sides and things get fucking messy and we really could potentially have a World War III. But again, we're constantly at war, right? Human beings are constantly at war. Constantly invading somewhere. Constantly toppling governments. Constantly putting people in power. Um... This is what Russia feels that they 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 need Ukraine back, right? They need the Ukraine, and and that's how it started, right? And that how fucking Hitler started, bro. Germany started taking one one area, right, and then another, and then another, and eventually, boom. I mean, Ukraine is damn. Ukraine's a big area. <clears throat> and they're very close to the same people almost i mean really ancestrally they are it's tough man that's that's fucking crazy and these are things i don't fucking understand because i'm not a fucking politician i'm not a a, a military strategist you know i'm not even that that educated right i got a bachelor's degree in art in studio art. I, I can talk to you about art history. Maybe that's what I should do. <laughs> um, is Ukraine a U.S. Ally, ally and is it part of NATO? Since the breakup of the Soviet Union, when Ukraine gained its independence, the U.S. has had diplomatic relations with the country. The U.S. is eager to see Ukraine thrive as a democracy in the face of what the State Department described as continued Russian aggression. Right? We're always the good guys, in quotes, is what I'm... (laughs) Ukraine isn't part of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, but it is a partner country to the military alliance. And agreements in place mean it could become a NATO member in the future. Mr. Biden has said that Ukraine's prospective membership of NATO isn't likely in the near term, though he said the decision ultimately belongs to the alliance. This sounds like some Star Wars shit. Like, you want to join this fucking alliance? You know, we got to take down Vader. What is NATO doing in response to Russia's military buildup? Well, NATO allies are bolstering their alliance's eastern flank, which borders Ukraine, deploying jet fighters and ships to the region in response. The European Union has set out plans for loans and grants to the Ukraine worth more than $1.3 billion. The Pentagon ordered thousands of troops to prepare for possible deployment. So... I'm gonna continue reading this, right? This one's this one's a little better. This one's the Wall Street Journal, and it's finally fucking explaining somewhat of a background of what the fuck is going on, okay? And from what I'm getting from this, and I, you know, I don't fucking know, I'm not, right? I could be wrong. Um, but this is the prime prime time possibility to start a war with Russia. Without really starting a war with Russia, right? using another so you know another country in its place, in its wake to kind of try and dead that, right um, if that makes sense. so what I'm saying is, yeah, using a country to to start this inevitable feud. And right. Cause imagine, you know, you've got, imagine if this is a business deal, this is what I'm breaking it down as. Cause this is probably what it really is about. It's all, it's always about resources and business and, and money and economy and taking, 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 right? Russia has probably been going to them for years. Hey, we want you to become Russia. We want you to become part of us. Um, we are one people, right? You guys have the prime time real estate. We're freezing our fucking balls off over here. You guys are a little closer to everyone else. We want to be part of you. You know, you we, we wanna we want you to be part of us. Uh, here's what we could offer. They probably offer whatever. I don't know if Ukraine's communist or whatever. Um they probably have offered them things. There's no way this this is all business deals. They offer them things, and if they don't fucking want to do it, all right, well, we're gonna take you anyways, right? Because that's the mafia thing to do. That's what that's what the world is built on, them, unfortunately, right? And then now you got, but now you got other families. Let's just put, let's just break it down like that. Other families and businesses, you know, whether it's NATO and the U.S. being like, well, here's what we can offer you for this war, right? But we don't. We're not putting that out out of out of the kindness of our hearts. That's not what these people are doing. These loans and these grants. Hey, we want you to be safe. We want you to to prevail against them and 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 deter them and push them back. Right? Let's say that is successful. Let's say they push them back. Now we're indebted to this other family. Now we're indebted to this other country. Right, From these loans and these grants and and the troops, and who's to say that, in all the casualties, they don't place people that have their best interests in there anyways, right, so it's like you're dealing with man, fuck that right, <laughs> fuck politics, <laughs> and again, I don't know, I don't know first hand experience, in none of this, I'm just talking shit because I have a podcast, right, I'm just a fuck um. But that's that's what I believe is kind of underlyingly going on. And it's not as simple as that, but that's the simplest way I could describe it, is Ukraine is in the middle of what people want, um, different parties want. And yeah, we can pose it as we're here to protect and be the world's police. And you guys want troops, so well, I'll send you troops and shit, you know? But we only do that for our self-interest, you know. What the fuck? We're in so many other places. What do we need to invest in this for, right? It's to have control. We're like just constantly controlling, you know. America's the epitome of controlling. Well, I can't, I can't be saying that, right? Because there's way, there's other countries that really do control their people. We're the most free, okay. <clears throat> We're the most free. We're the most free. I can sit here and I can talk shit about this even though I get flagged that I'm getting listened by the FBI or whatever. I have the freedom to do this, right? There's other places that do not. So it's just, yeah, it's like you got to pick the lesser of two evils and then be indebted to whatever. Um, and I don't know anything about Ukraine. Let's keep reading the Wall Street Journal, all right? What does Putin want? Uh, Mr. Putin has been clear about wishes to reassert Russia's influence over its neighbors, particularly Ukraine. In 2014, he annexed Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula, uh, fermenting an eight year war in the country's east. So they've already been there. Uh, but he's cultivated an aura of unpredictability about his next move. So far, Mr. Putin. Oh, shit, I went super fast. Uh, so far, Mr. Putin. Has left Western leaders guessing about whether he would stage a major invasion of Ukraine and provoke a possible breakdown in ties with the West, or whether he would be satisfied with wringing a few concessions from an expansive list of demands as he as he has put forth. Um, these include that NATO guarantees that it won't give membership to Ukraine because it keeps them weak, right? But but even the, even then we just we just read that it wouldn't be years and that it would have to be up to the alliance right so that demand might might already be being met right um that it that it won't that it guarantees it won't give membership to the ukraine right for whatever reason moscow has also demanded that the nato curb military exercises in ukraine and other f- former soviet nations And that the alliance pulls its forces back from its eastern member states. NATO deployed about 5,000 troops to Poland and the Baltic countries after Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014. What has the U.S. said to those demands? Well, the U.S. and its allies rejected Moscow's demands in a series of meetings with Russian officials in mid-January, arguing that the states are free to associate with any other states they choose. The U.S. delivered an unpublished proposal to the Russian foreign minister on January 26 that could lead to discussions on ways to avoid confrontations in the Black Sea and missile-related inspections on each side, according to the U.S. officials and people briefed by the Biden administration. Moscow said Mr. Putin would take his time in considering proposals, right? We we read that in the last uh, article. So what would happen if they did invade Ukraine? Mr. Biden said that if... I love how they're calling him Mr. They won't even give him the title of president. Good. Fuck him, Right? Fuck them all. <laughs> Mr. Biden said that if all of the troops on the border moved into Ukraine, it would just amount to the largest invasion since World War II. It sounds like the start of World War II. Right? Especially since it's in those areas. Poland. Areas like that. Right? This fucking... Why, why, why? Why does history repeat itself? I'll continue. On January 25th, Mr. Biden said that he had made it clear to Mr. Putin early on that if he were to move into Ukraine, that there would be severe consequences, including significant economic sanctions, as well as I'd feel obligated to beef up our presence. NATO's, resp- <laughs> NATO's presence in an Eastern front uh Poland Romania etc this is what uh, biden said like a fucking gangster apparently i'd feel i'd feel obliged to beef up our presence motherfucker he should have just dropped that in the in the, at the end you know there's going to be severe consequences um your your economy's going to get pulled and we're going to have beef all right motherfucker um experts say that despite the efforts by Moscow to sanction proof its economy since penalties were imposed after it annexed Crimea okay so they already like they already gave them penalties for for invading harder harder hitting measures could cause the country broad economic pain Listen apparently they're going through enough economic pain to where they don't give a fuck okay they don't give a fuck Ukraine's army has bulked up since Russia invaded Crimea and, though still outgunned by Russia, could inflict a high price on any invading army, its leaders and analysts say. Well, there's 100,000 of Russians around you. So, <clears throat> let's see the population of Ukraine real quick. 44.13 million people. So 100,000 is dick compared to at 44 million, right? It's 233,000 miles um, miles around. President Volodymyr, right? These fucking ancient names. Um, Volodymyr versus Vladimir. We are going down. I must take my land. I must take what is rightfully mine, right? What a fucking... What entitlement human beings have. I must take this because it is rightfully mine. Um, It is the second largest country by the area in Europe after Russia. God, this would make it ginormous. Um, And all those countries are right there. Romania, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary. Um, territory of modern Ukraine has been inhabited since 32,000 BC. All right. During the Mer- Middle Ages, the area was a key center of East Slavic culture, with the powerful state of the Kievan Rus uh, forming the basis of the Ukrainian identity. So, the Kievan Rus or Baltic and Finnic people. Um, Eastern and Northern European from the late 9th to the mid-13th century under the reign of the Rurik dynasty, founded by Varangian Prince Rurik. Um, And that is what is known as Belarus. Okay? So this is... These areas are crazy. Uh, Followed its fragmentation into several principalities in the 13th century and devastation created by the Mongol invasion, the territory unit... Uh, The territorial unity collapsed and the area was contested. That's how crazy those fucking Mongols were. That they even invaded Russia and Ukraine. Um, Contested, ruled, and divided by a variety of powers. Including the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, Austria-Hungary, the Ottoman Empire, and the Sardom of Russia. A Cossack hetmanate emerged and prospered during the 17th and 18th century, but its territory was eventually split between Poland and the Russian Empire. Just tens of thousands of years of conflict and war over land. All right. This is what I'm, uh, I'm reading um, Ukrainian history right now. Um, Wikipedia. So let's see. Uh Where was I at? Um, so, uh, fucking ally lost my way. Uh, Ukrainian national movement for self determination emerged, and the internationally recognized Ukrainian People's Republic was declared on the 23rd of June, 1917. After World War II, it's just skipping over the biggest parts. You know, lots of different years. So that was in 1917. Now we're moving on to World War II. The Western part of Ukraine merged into the Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, and the whole country became a part of the Soviet Union. Ukraine gained its independence in 1991 following the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Following its independence, Ukraine declared itself a neutral state. It formed a limited military partnership with Russia and other CIS countries while also establishing a partnership with NATO in 1994. In 2013, after the government uh, of President Viktor Yanukov had decided to suspend the Ukrainian European Union Association Agreement and seek closer economic ties with Russia. Now here we go. Here we go, okay? So the East, the European Union uh, Association Agreement with Ukraine is, um, what is it, the EU, Ukraine and the EU's 28 member states that at the time it established a political and economic association between the parties and seek closer economic ties with Russia. Several months' uh, long wave of demonstrations and protests known as the Euromadian, which were a wave um, of civil unrest in Ukraine starting on November 21st in 2013. Uh, the protests were sparked by the Ukrainian government's decision to suspend the signing of the EU-Ukrainian um, Association Agreement. So, Viktor Yanukov, Prime Minister of Ukraine, also served... Looks like he started to seek. He suspended the Ukrainian agreement with the EU, and started started laying those um, ties with Russia. And not even a year later, they they try to kind of invade. Hmm. <clears throat> um. So so those protests lasted for months. Later escalated into a the revolution... Oh my god! Later escalated into the Revolution of Dignity, also known as the Maiden Revolution. It took place in Ukraine in February 2014 at the end of the Euromanian pro- uh, protests when a series of violent events involving protesters, riot police, and unknown shooters in the Ukrainian capital of Kviv culminated in the outs- uh, outside um, of the elected building. So let's see where we're at here. These events uh, form the background for the annexation of Crimea by Russia. So this is what we were talking about, the Crimean Peninsula from Ukraine, um, where Russia invaded it. This event took place in the aftermath after the Revolution of Dignity and is part of a wider Russo-Ukrainian conflict. In March 2014, the war in Donbas. in April 2014 Man, they've they've been they've been constantly in conflict for the last eight years. Um, realistically, the entire the entire time that that place has had people, they've been at war. <laughs> they've they've been at military conflicts, but and again, it just goes back to what the fuck, right? Why the fuck does history repeat itself? Why are human beings such conquerors? Um. And and so hungry for power, you know, what is it? Um, Ukraine is a developing country ranking 74th in Human Development Index. It is the poorest country in Europe, suffering from a very high poverty rate as well as severe corruption. However, because of its extensive fertile farmlands, Ukraine is one of the largest grain exporters in the world. It also maintains the third largest military in Europe after Russia and France. Ukraine is a unitary republic under a semi-presidential system with separate powers, legislative, executive, and judicial branches. The country is a member of the UN, the Council of Europe, the OSCE, the Guam Organization, and the Lublin Triangle. And is one of the founding states of the CIS, even though it never became a member of the organization, which is the Commonwealth of Independent States. So in itself, it's a poor country. Rich with resource of grains, all right? Because what I'm trying to analyze and figure out here is what the fuck does Russia want with this, right? What do they want with it if it is that damn poor? Well, it's got the second largest military, third largest military, right? Um, in Europe. And if Russia takes over, well, then now you've got the largest, Russia will have the largest military in Europe. Okay. Um, there's, there's things here to dissect and kind of look into, you know. Um, as to what the fuck is going on, and why? What is the reason for it, anyways? And what the fuck does Russia want with this area? <coughs> um, and it looks like let's see, I'm, I'm reading right now, and there's been there's been things going on 2014, 2015, 2016 between Russia and in. And uh, Ukraine, um, 2018, 2019, looks like a couple things really happened in 2019. Things started heating up, 2020, the COVID. Um, There's a lot going on here that, again, we don't know, right? This isn't what's presented to us. This is not what's shown on the CNNs or the CNBCs or the Fox or anything, right? It's not showing you the this kind of history that this area is having, and the history between Russia and that, and the people that have all made decisions to get it to this point, you know. And again, I don't know nothing, right? I'm just a simple art teacher. Who makes music, I'm an artist, creative type. And I just thought about looking into it because of how concerned this young, young uh sixth grader, you know, has been these past couple days about this, right? Where and, and this is kind of how I explained it to him. Obviously, I didn't, you know, make it this long or anything, but I did just explain it to him that this is just. Unfortunately, what fucking people do, man. This is unfortunately what human pe- human beings do. They take over. There's constant conflict. Uh, they constantly want power, man. I mean, the people that run these governments and, and get into politics and get into this and get into that. I mean, you're constantly having to, to shake hands and grease palms with people and make deals. And, I mean, what the fuck is going on, right? Every empire topples in its own hubris, you know, every empire. So it's, it's just interesting. And this is like one of the earliest formed uh, European countries. Neanderthal settlement in the Ukraine is seen in Moldova, 40, 43,000 45,000 BC. Um. So modern human settlement in Ukraine and its vicinities date back to 32,000 BC. Um, the gravi- the Gravitian culture and the Crimean mountains. Wow. You know, so, so realistically, one of the earliest civilizations ever in this area. Was it not frozen back then? (laughs) Yeah. The Russians had it. You know, the Rus, the Slavic population became the first of the first Rus dynasty in the Rurik dynasty. Um, Kevin, Kievan Rus was composed of several uh, principalities ruled by the interrelated Rurikid, who often fought each other for possession of Kiev. This was. In the 12th and 13th century. Golden Age of the Kievan Rouge began with reign of Vladimir the Great. Uh Vladimir the Great was a prince, uh no, was Prince of Novogorod, Grand Prince of Klev, and ruler of the Klevin Rouge from 980 to 1015 for 35 years. Um, Kievan Rouge reached the zenith of its cultural development and military power. By 1019 and 1054, the state soon fragmented into relative importance of regional powers rose again. After a financial resurgence under the rule of Vladimir II, Monomak, and his son Sitslav, uh, Kievan Ruz finally disintegrated into separate principalities following the the Sitslav's death. The 13th century Mongol invasion devastated Kievan Ruz and Kiev, Was totally destroyed in 1240. On today's Ukrainian territory, the principalities of Halik and Volodymyr Volinsky arose and were emerged into the state of Galicinia Volhynia. Uh, The Danio Romanovich, son of Roman Sislavich, reunited all of southwestern Rouge, including Volhynia. Galicia, and Ruz, ancient capital of Kiev. Um, Danilo was crowned the papal archbishop in 1253 as the first king of all Ruse. Under Dinalo's reign, the kingdom Ruthenia was one of the most powerful states in Central Europe. And so now I'm talking about just the history of this area. So ever since the 13th century, before that, and, and, and continually... From from here on out, I mean, and now I'm kind of skimming through, you know, 1430, 1560, 1600, and it's all war. It's all motherfuckers taking over, all right? And I could read about it. 1648, uh, look, the largest Cossack uprising against the Commonwealth and the Polish king. Uh, just <laughs> 1657, 1686, the Ottoman Empire. Uh, 1709 Great Northern War. Um, dude, it's just constant. It's just constant. If you look in the history of any area, it just that's what it is. 19th century World War one and its revolution. So the late 1800s and the ni- early 1900s, it's just a lot a lot is going on. Western Ukraine, uh, Kap- Kap- Carpathian, Ruthenia, and Bukovina. The war in Ukraine continued. By 1921, however, most of Ukraine had been taken over by the Soviet Union, with Galicia and Volhynia, mostly today's West Ukraine, were incorporated into the Second Polish Republic. Modern-day Bukovnia, Bukovnia was annexed by Romania, and the Carpathian, Pathian Ruthenia was admitted, the Ch- Czechoslavic Republic has an autonomy. It's just too much too much gangster shit going on here. You know what I mean? All in all, hopefully it doesn't come down to anything severe. You know, all in all, hopefully the whole world doesn't get involved in, in these disputes over... Over land, you know, over land, and their people, and just taking over in power. And uh, I understand, you know, protecting and and doing the just thing, right, and being judicially correct. And, and you know, who who are we to judge, right? But that's what that's what these organizations, these unions, whether it's the European Union or NATO or whatever, and and the U.S.'s involvement in this is to try and do the right thing, I suppose, or at least is, that's how they pose it. But again, in my personal belief and in what I've just, in what we've been taught in history, there's always just what they, what they put on for the people as to these are the reasons as to why we're doing it. But in these long term, right, in this long term uh, paper, manifesto thing that the u.s government has given russia and that nato has given russia and russia is going to read and take its time to digest and read and see and then it's going to make its decision that is because they're in negotiations right negotiations of whether it's land control of money of economy of these are this is what could happen if you don't accept these negotiations here's what could happen if you accept the negotiations and who knows what is all behind that, right? Who knows what is all behind that? But historically speaking, it's constant conflict. And goddamn, we're in a great time in, in life where we're so technologically advanced. We're so just advanced in, in culture. But there's, there's, there's still that you know, whatever, right? The Most of the people, most of the society, at least here in, a, in the United States, and Western society, it's a free. We, we're workers. We're, you know, common people living good lives for the most part. There's obviously poverty. There's, this is a gi- giant generalization, but I'm saying for the most part in reality, in retrospect, pretty good, pretty good, right? There's no one you know it's 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 not like it was 100 200 300 400 years ago right it's progressively been better and so right now i believe we're in the better times of our of our existence but we still have this um, this demon this human this human flaw of uh, of this of war and and now the technology is so great and vast, it's also um, catastrophic, you know, apocalyptic in nature. That is the big worry. Well, how does this spill out into the world? You know, before it was people were swinging swords at each other and they soaked the earth with their blood. Probably ended up making earth more fertile, if anything. Now we could just bomb a hole into the earth. That's different. That is different. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a cause for concern. It's a cause for worry. Uh, again, to the sixth grader who was all scared that they're going to bomb America, not saying that it can't happen or anything like that because what the fuck do I know? But like I said, we have our guns pointed at everybody. We're looking at Everybody. We know everybody's moves. We, you know, they made a big deal in one of these articles that oh, these the, the Russians are testing out weapons. You know, like are in these areas or whatever. We do that all the time. <laughs> Countries do that all the time. We're constantly shooting shit into the ocean and trying things and and trying out weaponry and just, dude, we're fucking crazy. Humans are crazy you know you can't you can't put it past the, uh, that this shit does happen and whatever we'll see what happens but it's a shame it's a shame because it always bleeds out into the the common and the common person and the 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 civilians they're the casualties they're the sacrifices and the rich just keep getting richer and the fucking you know it is what it is these ultra wealthy powerful families god knows the lineage of Vladimir Putin right the dude's been president for years. How long has he been fucking president for? Right? Um, what his family is. Um, He's been in office since 2000. Since May of 2000. This man's been in office for 22 years. Um, Prime Minister of Russia, Putin in 2018, assumed office in 2012, so 10 years maybe? I don't know. Um, Vladimir Vladimirovich Putin, uh, born in Leningrad, Russia, Soviet Union, now St. Petersburg. Independent political party. Um, has two children, Maria and Katarina. Uh, he's got a nice signature, early life. So he was, uh, let's see, born in some, what is St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, Vladimir Putin's grandfather was personal cook to Vladimir Lenin and Joseph Stalin. Putin's birth was preceded by the deaths of his two brothers, Victor and Albert, born born in the mid-30s. Albert died in infancy and Victor died of diphtheria and siege of... And this, during the siege of Leningrad by Nazi German forces in World War II. Putin's mother was a factory worker. His father was a conscript in the Soviet Navy, serving the submarine fleet in the early 1930s. Early in World War II, his father served a destruction battalion of NKVD. Later, he was transferred to the regular army and was severely wounded in 1942. Putin's mother uh, was killed Oh, no. Putin's maternal grandmother was killed by the German occupiers in Vera in 1941, and his maternal uncle was disappeared on the Eastern Front during World War II. On September 1st, 1960, Putin started at school, um, starting at school, at number 193, <laughs> near his home. He was one of the few in class of approximately 45 pupils who was not yet a member of the Young Pioneer Organization. At age 12, he began to practice Sambo and Judo. Um, Putin studied German in St. Petersburg High School, 281, and speaks German fluently. Putin studied law at the Leningrad University, uh, named after Andrei Zandunov in 1970 he graduated in 1975 his thesis was on the most favored nation trading principle in integration law while there while there he was required to join the communist party of the soviet union and remained a member until it ceased to exist in 1991 putin met Anatoly Sobchak, an assistant professor who taught business law and later became the co-author of the Russian Constitution and of the corruption schemes persecuted in France. Putin would be influential in Sobchak's career in St. Petersburg. Sobchak would be influential in Putin's career in Moscow. 1975, Putin joined the KGB and trained at a 401 KGB school in Okta leningrad after training he worked in the second chief uh directorate counterintelligence he was a spy he's goddamn 007 bro before he was transferred to the first chief directorate he where he monitored foreigners and consular officials in leningrad in september 1984 putin sent was sent to moscow for further training at the Yuri Andropov Red Banner Institute from 1985 to 1990. He served Dresden, East Germany, um, using a cover, a cover identity as a translator. This period in his career is unclear and controversial. Yeah, because he was a spy, um, Masa Gesen, a Russian American who authored a biography about Putin, claims Putin and his colleagues were reduced mainly to collecting press clippings, thus. Contributing to the mountain mountains of useless information produced by the KGB. That's what they want to put. They want to just, yeah, we didn't find nothing. <laughs> the fuck? Why would I tell you? I went, you went through all this work. I want to fucking tell you what I found. Putin's work was also downplayed by former Stasi spy, Chief Marcus Wolf, and Putin's former KGB colleague, Vladimir Useltev. Yeah, he was a useless spy. That's why he became the fucking president of Russia. Right. He was not useless. According to uh, journalist Catherine Belton, this downplaying was actually cover for Putin's involvement in KGB coordination and support for the terrorist Red Army Faction. Uh, West German far left military organization founded in 1970. Oh, that's crazy. Um, whose members were frequently hiding in East Germany with support of the Stasi, the Dresden, who were preferred as marginal town with low presence of Western intelligence services. According to an anonymous source, a former RAF member at one of the meetings in Dresden, the militants uh, presented Putin with a list of weapons that were later delivered to RAF in West Germany. Um, Klaus Zuckold who claimed to be recruited by Putin said that the latter also handled a neo-Nazi Rainer Sontag and attempted to recruit an author of a study on poisons. Putin also reportedly met Germans to be recruited for wireless communication affairs together with an interpreter. He was also involved in wireless communication technologies in Southeast Asia due to trips of German engineers recruited by him. They, there and the West. So, I mean, I could keep going about this guy's fucking life and his political career. Um, but look, he was, a, he was a Russian spy. And a pretty damn good one, apparently. Uh, Putin was a appointed advisor in May 1990. International Affairs of the Mayor of Leningrad. Um... In a 2017 interview with Oliver Stone, Putin said that he resigned from the KGB in 1991 following the coup against Mikhail Gorbachev as he did not agree with what had happened and did not want to be part of the intelligence in the new administration. According to Putin's statements in 2018 and 2021, he may have worked as a private taxi driver to earn extra money or considered such a job. So they don't know. Um, March 1994, Putin was appointed the first deputy chairman, um, the government of St. Petersburg in 1995. He organized the St. Petersburg branch of the pro-government, our home Russia, um, the Liberal Party of Power founded by Prime Minister Viktor Chernomoyden, early Moscow career, first premiership, first presidential term inauguration of president putin occurred in may 7th 2000 so he really has been running it for 22 years uh, putin appointed the minister of finance as mikhail uh Kazinov as the prime minister so we'll see what the fuck happens man the dude's been in it right he's he got they got 007 running their fucking running their country this area is an area that has been invaded for millennia, you know, thousands of years. Um and now we're going to see if this is a thing that is history repeating itself, you know. It's been it's been 80 years since World War II. Are we is it going to happen again? Right? Another world war. A war a war that is it just would be so catastrophic. You know, it would just be so catastrophic, I think, to to the planet and to the people. And apparently it's fucking lucrative for these motherfuckers. Because why the fuck else would they do it? You know? Why the fuck else would they do it? So, um, World War II lasted... September 1st 1939 to September 2nd 1945 Germany, Russia, Europe, Australia, Africa, Asia, and more Those are all the places where it happened Global war Yeah, we don't need that We don't need that dude you know why? Why complicate things? That's the thing. Why the fuck are we complicating things, as a human race? Well, whatever. I'm gonna give my uh, I'm gonna give my voice a break, and uh, give your ears a break. Crazy, what's going on in the world? Obviously, we hope for the for the best, for the positives. Um, but hey, we'll see. My thing is, is that, unfortunately, this is what human beings do. So, all right. Till the next time, we won't talk about this shit, and hopefully Ukraine doesn't get uh, invaded, or if whatever happens, it just happens peacefully and at a peaceful resolution. And next time I see you on the podcast, we'll be having uh, a guest, or we'll be talking about something way more lighthearted. <laughs> all right. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, peace out. Droughts are intensifying, our oceans are acidifying, with methane plumes rising up from the ocean floor. We are seeing extreme weather events and the West Antarctic and Greenland ice sheets melting at unprecedented rates, decades ahead of scientific projections. None of this is rhetoric, and none of it is hysteria, it is fact scientific community knows it.
1: Industry knows it. Governments know it. Even the United States military knows it. I got alien genetics revealed to me by taking hallucinogenics. I rap in the form of linguistic phonetics. Burning MC. Like I'm practicing calisthenics. Stealthy as the black plagues, bird mass medics. Leave my bones on the throne till they discover my relics. Everyone else just seems so pathetic. I said it, I meant it. What goes around comes around. Karma is reflective. Continue to speak to you though my heart's been neglected. My blood pumps from a sensitive part, I've got to protect it. Let us stop with the weapons. I'm offered the right to bear arms. But not for the ones who cause others harm. Sound the alarm, we never learn when we invaded Vietnam. And had our soldiers tortured and defied and killed by the Viet Cong. No, they'll never see they wrongs. They just fight for the right to control land and resources. No, the end is near when you'll see the four horsemen conquest, famine, War and death. See, we're a species. It takes until nothing is left, and we have little regrets. Parasites till we reach the afterlife, yet we're scared of what's next. Where's the respect? A second day of airstrikes inside Yemen by Saudi jets, bombing Iranian backed Houthi Shia militias, which have taken control of the country. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these uh these civilized people, they'll eat each other.